0: From the President's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower.
1: In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite.
2: to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, July 21st, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. My goal is to have this done in an hour. Let's see if I can make that happen. There's a couple of really important studies that I wanted to cover and some follow-up information that I wanted to include from yesterday's show. And then really just a big, important discussion around the WHO and the pandemic treaty, which I saw from Dur- Bernie's tweets. That's the account from Twitter. Just doing a really great job lately. I've, because of my recent censorship, I've had only there's certain people that I kind of honed in on just because they were the ones that were in front of me at the moment that I already had followed before her being one of them. And she really does have a great account with a lot of great information flowing. And I happen to see that today on her account. So just wanted to give her a shout out. In regard to the WHO's pandemic treaty, you know, the treaty with teeth, they've been telling you, and they agreed that it is going to be legally binding, or at least that's the direction that they're going in right now. Before it was the direction of a treaty and whether or not they'd be able to legally hold you accountable as a country or as a people of a country, essentially removing sovereignty. And we're going to get into that. And that is the direction they're going with a finish on the interesting direction they're now taking and the, the actions being taken right now around the Great Reset that are very, very revealing. I mean, in fact, the very actions that if you were to say they're doing this without showing them doing it, they would call you conspiracy theorists, except here they are literally doing it right now. It's absolutely ridiculous, but let's get right into it. Some really important studies and information around COVID-19, the lie continues to fall apart right in front of you. And they just double down, triple down, quadruple down on that lie. Now I want to start with a couple of important things from yesterday's show that I thought was really, that I wanted to, to reiterate that I thought were really interesting. First of all, was the one that the Exactly what we were just censored for. A peer-reviewed study being pointed at by Dr. McCullough. Peter McCullough. I want to make sure in the podcast that you hear that I I, I was talking with the group from the Free Thought Project today. I had a great interview with them, by the way. I think it's coming out in a couple of days, where it's always very it's confusing. Dr. Mercola and McCullough. I gotta say McCullough, so it's much different, you know, different different people in general. But so P, Dr. Peter McCullough. Speaking about a peer reviewed study, pointing to a peer reviewed study. I got the last account we got censored was for that. Peer reviewed, he wasn't saying anything that wasn't in the study. Him pointing and talking about it got us censored for misinformation. Think about how ridiculous that is, regardless of what you think about him or anything else. It's peer reviewed science. He didn't say anything that wasn't in it. Here we are again. The account that we just talked about yesterday, the video we just played. And all he was doing was reading off what was discussed inside that peer-reviewed study. The account just got suspended. Here's the link that I still had to the actual study. I mean, think about how crazy this, they're just really targeting this guy. It's incredible. But here's the, just to include it so you can check it out again, because clearly they don't want you paying attention to this peer-reviewed science, which simply shows you that there's a high level, and this, in this case, it was 7,776, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to find the number really quickly off the top of my head, but Thousands of reports of thromboembolic and thrombocytopenia events, thrombocytopenic events, blood clots, heart attacks. This is incredible stuff, guys. They're finding this high-level stuff in all three of these injections. This is stuff they just don't want you to talk about. Stuff that, in fact, both Whitney and I were both censored for, for discussing in regard to specifically AstraZeneca on our Patreon account. Remember that? Patreon said we can't allow the spread of misinformation. Well, all we were saying was that it's capable of causing blood clots. Well, there you go for the 100,000th time. But it's being censored because that's where we are today. Here's another example that I forgot to point out yesterday. I showed you the video. Mark was pointing out how they were saying surgeons wear masks, so you should too. And then put a clip of a surgeon saying, a surgeon saying that's not true. (laughs) And That's all it is. It's the following media includes potentially sensitive content really it's just a doctor on good morning san diego a mainstream corporate media or corporate media's platform saying i'm a doctor i've been published all over the place i've done hundreds of publishing around mass and those aren't how is that sensitive content sensitive because it does not align with the narrative this it's never been this obvious in history guys or in the history of this country, i should say what she's saying is backed up by peer-reviewed science. And you can disagree all you want. How is that sensitive content if she's pointing at peer-reviewed science and is a doctor herself? It's just, I mean, you guys know this. It's not the, the points really wasted on you guys. You all know. I mean, my God, this is where we are. So bringing this to the point that brings us into the next point of the focal point of today. It's a little confusing. Dr. Claire Craig, we just talked about yesterday as well. Now, here is an interesting follow up to that. First i saw this and was like oh great either the the german the, the web the, the uh, twitter account that was covering the ministry of health co- uh, comments was either censored for pointing this out or they were forced to change it or maybe they got something wrong. one of those three options and i said oh great cuz that was the focal point of our show yesterday. and i and i we, i showed you it came directly from the information coming from the german government. for whatever reason it said it was deleted. but then it came to the point it turned out it's well, oh, first of all, here's the tweet. So you can, it's I have it on the way back machine. You can just so you can see it for yourself. And it was one in every 5,000 people, or rather, injections given causes a serious adverse event. And just to clarify again, a serious side effect or serious adverse event is either death, life threatening, hospitalization, disability, or permanent damage, or permanent damage for a pregnancy. So, either the either life threatening issues or permanent problems, just so we understand what that means. That's that's incredible. One in 5,000? Well, turns out that they censored it because it's actually, I mean, you could argue worse. It's really kind of the same thing. But when you dig through the information, it does ultimately amount to worse than they first said. The bottom line is they said, correction, according to the German, the public health of Germany, the, you know, the German health organization, the reporting rate for serious reactions, so death, hospitalization, permanent disability, and so on, is actually 0.2 reports per 1,000 vaccine doses. That's the same point. Point two, it's ultimately one in 5,000. But what's important is they doubled down and made it very clear that we're not talking about the people getting them the, the, the doses themselves. So this is just reiterating. So it makes it even more important to understand. So for every 1,000 injections out there, or rather the best way to frame it is the first way, every 5,000 injections, you have one person out there having a life-threatening, serious, permanent damage, pregnancy-altering future. One in 5,000, that is catastrophically important. Or 0.2 for every thousand, which equals one in 5,000. This is alarming stuff. But I just wanted to reiterate that because they corrected it to make sure we were clear on that point. And this is also being attacked. Here's the show we just did. Here's, you you can watch it. We go over the whole thing. One in 5,000 COVID vax has serious side effect. Now, to the next point, before we get into the studies themselves, I found this to be really this. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we keep finding. And, and I don't know why the people I shouldn't even go into that anymore, because who knows if that's even the majority opinion. I was going to say why people can't see this. But I think I answer my own question every time I do that, because I, I believe most people can see it. But we have been seeing this from the beginning. I'll point out the UK data in a minute, the same thing, or from Ontario, or from Scotland, or from Alberta, or from any number of places, New South Wales, around the world, that we have pointed out and had the data show you unequivocally that not only the majority of problems were in the people vaccinated, which, yes, you could argue that's because most of them vaccinated, even though it's not really a fair argument for what they promised, but then also the per 100,000 risk specifically for infection was dramatically higher. I was going to say drastically, dramatically higher. In the injected and it gets even worse, the higher you get boosted. That's their data. And that's why they keep hiding it from you. It's not hard to miss. I mean, I guess I'll just point it out. I'll come back to it. If they, the point they want to pretend like we don't, that we're too dumb to understand this, but the reason they put in the per 100,000 was to make it simple. That was their argument because the majority and the misinformation and the end of blah, blah, blah. So it says per 100,000, that's how you break down risk. That is stratified by different factors, ages and different things. Right? So per one hundred thousand risk you can see that the age groups, almost every single one of them is three to four times higher the risk per 100,000, three doses compared to none. That's risk of getting infected, which that's the pandemic of the injected. That's the creation of the variants. That's the continuation of everything. That's incredible. But that's why they no longer show this. This was weeks and months ago. They just stopped doing this because we don't want to admit that this is happening. But back to this point, he says, alarm. I just checked today's COVID update. This is Alberta. On the Alberta Health site, Health website, the most damning evidence of the vaccine's ineffectiveness has been completely removed. Just lost my place really quick. Completely removed from the page. Screenshots a week apart. The vaccine outcomes tab has been deleted and the data is nowhere to be found. What do you know? I know you're completely shocked. That was the tab that showed all the hospitalizations, ICU occupancy, death statistics sorted by age, vaccine status, the important part, and pre-existing conditions. It's the page that showed we had full-blown crisis of the vaccinated. And what do you know? They just removed it because you don't understand. (laughs) Or is it that it's obviously showing repeatedly anywhere you look that there is an obvious pandemic of the injected? I'm not telling you. Think for yourself. Come to your own conclusions about the data that's in front of you. Just because I think one way doesn't mean I couldn't be wrong. You'll never hear a corporate media person say that. The bottom line is the data is un, is impossible to miss. Now, here's what we're going to show you next, which is the pages. First of all, this is the current page. What he's showing you on the images is that right here in between these two, or uh, rather, let's see, it looks like the outbreaks tab is essentially what they've replaced it with. Right. So vaccinations and severe outcomes used to be in between them used to be vaccine outcomes. Now it says outbreaks. Which is not the same. You can go check it out for yourself. The page—it's—it's a—it's the same thing the CDC did. To everybody else—they have this weird jumbled compiling of things, broke down by arbitrary measurements that it makes it impossible to actually f- come to the conclusion or find the information that shows you whether or not there's a a problem more isolated in one group over the other. Now, why would they want to do that? Gee, I'm hard to think, right? But here's the main point, and I'm going to go all the way back to something we already showed you from Alberta. Remember this, remember this page we showed you way back when? There it is right there. Vaccine outcomes. Now, why would they remove vaccine outcomes? It's a good question. There's only, a, there's only really one answer to that, guys. They don't want you to know what the vaccine outcomes are. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Now, this page goes all the way back to January 14th. Remember what we showed you on this page? Something else that they hid from you the moment they posted it. And that was? That every single thing you're seeing within the first 21 days is getting dumped into unvaccinated, which we know everywhere. But the thing you didn't know before this was posted, and they quickly hid it from you, was that the vast majority of the problems of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are happening in that time frame. You can see that it's most, it's 80 to 90% in most cases of the of these, or rather, I think more accurate, let's say 75 to 85 breakdown between the three of them. I'm just lumping them together. But look right here. You can see there's 21 days. There's your marker right there. Same thing here. 21 days. You're getting the vast majority of the cases, hospitalizations, and deaths within the first 21 days. Despite the, and then just to show you, on this same page, they tell you right here, these this many cases were unvaccinated or simply diagnosed within two weeks of the first dose. Which means if that happens, that's 14 right there. But they've changed it since. Same with Scotland. 21 days that they dump it into unvaccinated, except you have a vaccine in your body. They do the same thing with the dose two. It dumps it back into one. That's not, that is that is an illusion. So they did that so they can call the vast majority of everything that's happening unvaccinated, even though it's being caused by the injection, which is very clear. Now, this is current, or as of, let's say, June, June 1st. Just to make sure you can see that it's still there as of June 1st. Vaccine outcomes. But the point is, today, gone. This is an active cover-up and illusion. There's no way to misunderstand that. Hiding information is nothing other than a lack of transparency. This idea that you're just too dumb and that we, if we put the right stuff out, the conspiracy theorist will use it to trick you. It, I mean, so are they really trying to suggest that the fringe weirdos in their basements, how they frame them, right, are are better at this than them? That our efforts are overtaking their information and their massive resources and their governmental funding? Really? <laughs> like, how, how are they admitting simultaneously that we're fringe weirdos that have no effect except look at them doing better than we are? We have to hide it because they'll trick you better than we will. <laughs> that's none of that's true. The reality is the data is there and they just don't want you to see it. And by the way, here's a video that I will include, which has... Almost 500,000 views on on Rumble, despite me weirdly getting no money from that, despite it being monetized. Different topic altogether. I still don't know why that is because nobody will respond to me from Rumble. Weird. But this video, I would play it, but it's like a 40-minute clip. It breaks down exactly this point. What is happening with that data and what it shows you. It's incredible. They're hiding the problem in the unvaccinated. And this is why it's gotten so obvious. They don't even bother to call it the pandemic of the unvaccinated anymore. They're just trying to get away from that topic altogether. Now, bringing this to a couple of quick points about how they're keeping this in your mind. Disclosed TV points out two leading epidemiologists, <laughs> whatever that means today. Oh, you mean the two people that said what you wanted to hear? Well, yeah, they're the leading ones, though. Well, there's plenty of other epidemiologists that are way higher credentialed, have a much better career, uh, larger career, longer lasting, better you know, perceived received by their peers. Up until COVID, they just went the other way. Now they're all debunked and fake news. It's just my point, and that is just simply that they'll just, which ones? doesn't matter. Experts say. But it says you'll be getting many COVID boosters in the years ahead because apparently now that's how vaccines work. Right? I don't remember getting boosters for pick and pox, though, do you? I don't remember getting boosters for really anything other than the ones that were just like a two-dose series. That's not boosters. That's a two dose series What they're trying to make this. They're conflating multiple dose injections of the past to the idea that you need to get a follow up booster to this for the rest of your life. And that's the same thing. Even the flu shot is not like this, guys, because realize even let's put it this way. The argument of the flu shot in the past was not that you needed another of the same thing, but rather that it's different this year. So we need to make a new one every year but they're trying to conflate that with what they're talking about now but that's not what they're saying is happening they're saying that you need a booster because this thing waned instantaneously for the same thing you just took it for that has never been the thing we've ever talked about now they're trying to mash it all together and here they're just and this is how they do it with with this in typical ways like masks and other things they just go well that's how they've always done it <laughs> no no they haven't this is like all vaccines we made before nope no not even close different technology different timing different everything but yeah let's conflate it because the average person won't question you or what that's what they'd want you to think well let's read that article real quick why you'll need to get COVID boosters again and again remember when that was a conspiracy theory like this is the clown clownish like dumpster fire situation that they're in they are literally pulling up the narrative that they disputed like 30 seconds ago to make you ar- to argue that this is the future. Sort of like the the const- the point that's the best to make that in 2020 vaccine passports were dangerous conspiracy theory and the people that spreading that idea must be stopped. That was spread everywhere. Then on, on a dime it was 2021 and then it was well vaccine passports are necessary and anybody shang- saying otherwise is a dangerous conspiracy theorist and needs to be stopped. Those same people that said you were dumb for even arguing that was possible are the same ones that say you're bad for not doing it now. That's, it's, that's just psychosis. That's engineering. I don't think most people believe that. But here we are. You'll not have to be forced to get boosters over the rest of your life, but here we are saying that's exactly what's going to happen. Several highly effective vaccines were developed at an unprecedented speed to combat the pandemic. Really, what a great starting sentence. Several highly effective vaccines. I mean, how can you even start like that? You mean other than the other ones that we talked about that don't work and that were shown to were not work and that the Pfizer data they finally released showed you that they always knew that they weren't going to work? Oh, those ones are highly effective? <laughs> cool. Are they safe and effective? Probably. It's just it's just nonsensical, guys. Everything in existence right now shows you that those are not even remotely safe or effective. Everything, including Pfizer's data, including every peer-reviewed study that seems to be coming out. But they just won't well, save and effective because they started saving effective. And then... They were developed at unprecedented speed. Wasn't that a fake news story? I thought they took hundred years, the longest ever possible, they keep telling us. And remember that? They've taken this, the longest process in history to make these injections. Well, now it's fast as possible. It's just whatever they wanna say in the moment. You don't call it Operation Warp Speed if it took two years to develop. Even two years is a quick time frame. This was developed in less than six months. That's not safe and effective. That's ridiculous. But it says during the phase three, clinical trials, mRNA vaccines had vaccine efficacy of 94 to 95 in preventing symptomatic infection. Well, first of all, it was relative risk reduction, relative, not the same thing as absolute. They're going to lie to you about that till the end of the earth. But on top of that, they're talking about vaccine efficacy that's been shown to not even be that. That was inaccurate. And that's what their data has shown us. And these were clinical trials, first of all, which we already know there's a hundred reasons why those trials were questionable. Just ask Brooke Jackson, check out our interviews with her two different interviews we've done. But on top of that, that the trials were suspect, not just because of the things that happened within them, but because they willfully hid data from you. They kicked people out of the trials that had early problems. They called it them unvaccinated. The same thing we're seeing now. All that said, preventing symptomatic infection. Is that what they said? Oh, no, that's right. They said transmission will be stopped. Marcial Maddow said, you'll stop the transmission. It will go past you and it'll all be over. <laughs> Yeah, but oops, that's what they said. Well, now it's not the truth. So now they just pretend that they always said symptomatic infection. This is a childishly obvious problem. Then it goes on to say, after the rollout, real world evidence showed that the mRNA vaccines provided 90% effectiveness. No, it didn't. It did not. But what's funny about that is, what do you mean real world data? So you lied to us and then it came out and you showed that it wasn't the truth? Now, yes, let's be clear. Sometimes these things, often these things are different than what you find in the studies, but not like we've seen like this. This is offering something that does one thing, and then they go, well, it does a completely different thing at less work, at less effectiveness. That works too, though, right? 100% effective. Then came the variance. they say. Just like I keep telling you, from the very beginning, this is always what's been happening. Pfizer's data, let me say it again, that they've been forced to release, that the corporate media will not touch with a 20-foot pole, very clearly shows you they knew from the beginning that these things waned. They knew that they didn't work, they didn't stop transmission. We, We told you this from day one. Because we reported on the data that we had then and it's only gotten more obvious now, but they want to pretend like the variants changed everything. And one thing you'll notice in this is they don't seem to try to make the argument anymore that the unvaccinated caused the variants because the data is undeniably clear that that's not what happened. But regardless, the variants changed everything. It's become their standing point, right? Vaccine mediated protection became shorter lived. No, it was like that from the beginning. And if it worked at all, that's not even talking about all the dramatically terrible side effects, especially with the emergence of Omicron. And there's where they wanted to rely. Omicron changed everything. You've heard me say that a lot. It's not true. People look at these data and wonder, what is the point of getting the vaccines if they will not prevent symptomatic infections and the protection does not last? It's a good question. There is no reason to do that because it only hurts you when you think about all the negative things that it adds to you. They increase your risk of infection for the first week and every point after, you know, Really, after three months, it gets dramatically bad. But after the first week, it goes below 50% relative risk reduction. And the, I mean, I, I could go off on a thousand points, but the reality is it does not even remotely do what they keep telling you it does. But it goes well to expect robust protection from just the primary series of any vaccine is unreasonable. <laughs> let's rewrite history. Why not? Why not? You know, let's just make up things and pretend that's always how it's been and was always likely to be but somehow society has placed too high a bar on what is considered an acceptable number of doses for COVID vaccines. Oh, it's your fault, you dumb idiots. You didn't know any better. It's your stupid fault for not knowing anything, right? Doesn't that make sense? Except that's exactly what they told you it would be. One shot, right in the beginning. Oh, well, maybe two. Now, maybe a two-shot thing, but no more than that, you conspiracy theorists. But now you're too stupid for saying it was supposed to be one, even though they told you that in the beginning. It's like they don't think we have a memory. Or the internet. <laughs> like, really? Come on, guys. This is just, this is pathetic. This is Time Magazine for those in the podcast. But it says instead, we need to understand that we're going to be getting boosters in the foreseeable future and to appreciate their benefits. Just thank you, just say thank you for the, I mean, what's that expression? Please, sir, can I have some more kind of a thing, right? Just be appreciative of the small things these give you despite all the negative side effects and that you may die and break out in rashes and have a heart attack, but just be thankful just thank you. (laughs) I just can't get past how ridiculous this is. Unacceptable number of doses. Again, don't forget that this has not been how any other thing has worked in the past. So God forbid we should apply the previous model to what they're currently doing, even though they pretend the current thing is just like it's always been. Makes sense, doesn't it? Well, it says we need to educate, maintain, and improve T and B cell responses to prevent severe disease. Well, here's the interesting part about that. What vaccine technology has always been, the idea of immunity is that the, you could the, you, you produce antibodies to fight the problem. And then when you fight the problem, you develop T, B cells, memory B, the idea. So if it ever comes back around, well, that's how your body remembers to begin producing antibodies again. You know, You don't just produce antibodies for the rest of your life. That can be actually damaging to your body that's what we're seeing happen right now with antibody dependent enhancement on top on top of the fact that it's being produced for something that's not even there anymore which makes it exponentially worse but the idea that they're selling you here is that your immune system doesn't work without an injection that's what they tried to literally say before and act like natural immunity was a fake news story but they realized we weren't that stupid in fact none of us are i don't i think most of you are smarter than they want to think but they're pushing it in with a different angle, saying, well, it's just about helping improve it. Well, no, that's how your immune system is supposed to operate. The injections have been shown by peer-reviewed science and their own documentation to, in fact, hurt your immune system. That's why you've been hooked on these boosters. But it says boosters provide significant benefits to people who receive the primary series in preventing hospitalization and death. <laughs> nope, sorry, that's not really what's happening. But what's interesting on top of that, boosters provide significant benefits to those who received the original series. Well, what's a booster the same thing understand that it's another. it's the same thing you took first what's interesting so what they're basically saying is that thing only helps you if you took the first one but the first one doesn't help you it actually causes problems. that's what you need to understand these things are hurting your body then once you've hooked into this addiction apparently you need the booster to give you some kind of little surge of something it seems but my my thought is regardless of even that logic this is not helpful to anybody Kind of feels like they're digging their wear out of a hole, doesn't it? But either way, just stop taking them, guys, because you are hurting yourself. And that is what their data is showing people. And this is just an effort to drive you into continuing that. Finally, it says researchers and industry are furiously working on developing next generation vaccines. But first, go ahead and take these ones now, though, quickly, as they're rushing to get something new. Why? Because they're not working. But take those ones quick before they run out. <laughs> Who falls for this stuff? I don't even... This is why they had to coerce and trick and threaten furiously working on the next ones as they did with the current ones. Right, again, insinuating or blatantly pointing out that they rushed this out, which have saved more than 14 million lives. How exactly do you quantify that? You see, my, this is they're, what they're doing with that is that is an observational estimate of what they argue these things that absolutely help everyone to take them would do. The point in there is the assumption they made, right? Because we know these vaccines save lives, therefore anyone that took it saved their life. So that's everybody, that, that's not the reality though. And of course, within that 14 million, they don't factor in heart attacks, blood clots and everything else that's killing lots of people. But says, but for now, take the booster doses you're eligible to keep your immune system educated, educated and up to date. So it has the best chance of protecting you from COVID-19 in the upcoming winter season. The one that keep hyping that doesn't really pan out. And so we can prevent the enormous loss of life we expected last winter, but didn't happen though with more than 300,000 people dying in the U.S. from a disease that can be prevented by current boosters. But you just said that's not true. This this is just a roundabout nonsensical argument. Take the thing doesn't help you because if you don't, you're gonna die. But if you're gonna die, take the booster. So it it just keeps running around in circles. They are trying to force people into this roundabout. I just can't see it any other way. Now on that point, to continue forward, Biden just got COVID-19, look at that. Right, because this is working, right? It's clearly working. Well, all said and done, guys, the reality is the peer-reviewed science continues to find the opposite of what the people telling you to trust the science are continually saying. How do you make sense of that? They're lying or they're stupid. I really can't think of any other option. Now, here is a post from Dr. Bridal, who we pointed out before. Pfizer's COVID-19 mRNA product is 13 times less effective at preventing infection with SARS-CoV-2 than natural acquired immunity. Now read his thing first and I'll go to the study. It says high impact peer-reviewed scientific paper, or or, or, excuse me, a high impact peer-reviewed scientific paper. It was just brought to his attention and this is the one we're going to look at next. SARS-CoV-2 natural acquired immunity versus vaccine induced. It is being published in the journal Clinical Infectious Diseases. It hasn't been published yet but it's already been peer reviewed. So just so it's clear, regardless of whether it's published there, it's a peer reviewed scientific paper, which is all that really matters. The publications and the editorial teams, these are all very political processes, but it says processes. It says the top medical journals in the world is, one of them is the clinical infectious diseases. Now I'll read this in a second. I just want to make, highlight this so you can make sure that it's the same study. Our analysis demonstrate that the people without them, you know, have a better chance than the people that have them. But it says people whose first exposure was to natural infection, with SARS-CoV-2 were compared to those whose first exposure was via receipt of the Pfizer mRNA product. In other words, which source of, quote, immunity, and there's a reason those are in quotes, by the way, because I don't even believe that's what this is happening, but it's a different topic. But it says, could confer the best long-term protection against infection with SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID-19 in some people. As demonstrated in this paper, People whose immune response was induced by Pfizer's mRNA product were at 13 times greater risk of being infected with SARS-CoV-2 as compared to people with naturally acquired immunity. It's pretty sound. But by the way, this is exactly what we found everywhere else. I can, Right now, I could do what I've done 100 times and literally bring up 15 different peer reviewed studies that all say durable, robust, lasting to different variants of concern. I've shown you 100 times on the show still doesn't manage to break out somehow, but the reality is I don't need to because any one of these should be enough to have this conversation, but people just don't care in these certain circles. This was April 5th, 2022, April 5th, It's July, by the way, severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus two naturally acquired immunity versus vaccine induced immunity, reinfections versus breakthrough infections, a retrospective cohort study. Now it says SARS-CoV-2, Naive vaccinees, so people that uh, that uh, have never gotten COVID-19 but got an injection, had a 13.06-fold increased risk for breakthrough infection with the Delta variant compared to unvaccinated previously infected individuals. So ver- first off, and that's specifically during January to February 2021 when they did this part. But right there, now the first argument is going to be, well, that doesn't even matter because we're talking about Omicron. Well, no, it does matter, though, because what this is looking at is not right now, but that time period. So that what this shows you guys is that they knew or rather didn't want you to find out that you were increasing your risk to the very thing that they told you you were fighting off. And this is not about death and hospitalization. This is infection, breakthrough infection. This is what we keep showing you. This is increased that you are increasing your risk by 13 fold by taking the thing that's supposed to stop you from getting sick. Now, regardless of whether you want to argue, well, it reduces hospitalization and death, which I still don't agree with. But just fine, say that. The point on top of everything else is that what they're pointing at to continue the illusion of why we're in danger is the idea of continual spread, cases. And then on top of that, talking about long COVID. Well, all of that has to do with simple transmission. They're the ones telling you variants continue to show up because of the continual transmission. That's what causes them. So how do you deny what's actually causing the pandemic, what's actually causing the illusion, what's actually causing everything within their narrative is the point. It's impossible to miss, isn't it? The increased risk was significant for symptomatic disease as well. So that just adds on to it that it's not just transmission, but getting sick symptoms so how can you argue that mild symptoms are reduced when this is peer-reviewed study literally just found that you're in you have a 13-fold increased risk or just increased risk for getting symptoms if you took the injection that's the opposite of what you're being told now it goes on to say and by the way that was between march 2020 and february 2021 or no excuse me just to be clear The increased symptomatic disease part I just read was for the January to February 2021. Then it goes on to say between March 2020 and February 2021, just a little bit of less of a time frame, but the same point. SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees still had a 5.96 fold increased risk for breakthrough infection and a 7.13 fold increased risk for symptomatic disease. So different time frame, same point. You have an increased risk of getting sick and an increased risk of having Disease, the opposite of everything they're trying to tell you, this should end the conversation. Now, it's not just this one study. This can—this pl- backs up every other one we've already shown you. Their conclusion, naturally acquired immunity confers stronger protection against infection and symptomatic disease caused by Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2 compared to the uh, Pfizer injection induced immunity from it. Now, the point again was regardless of what we're dealing with now, the argument is back then when they were forcing this on everybody, when they were coercing everybody, forcing it on your children, forcing it on schools, forcing it on your business during Delta, it was hurting them. Everybody gave this was increased risk for spreading it, increased, and gee, I wonder why everything got really, they put all the cases everywhere. This is a vaccine-induced pandemic. That's what this is. I mean, and this really does call into question the beginning of all of it and whether or not the very impetus for this was an illusion, as Denny Rancourt would point out. And the vaccine is what caused the problem that then gets called the pandemic. I mean, it's certainly possible. Either way, you don't have to be scared away by my hypothetical conversation, conspiracy theory. We're not allowed to ask questions. Just look at the science in front of you. It's impossible to miss. And again, here's the UK data. This one was from um, the week of February, 2022. That shows you that exact, exactly what we just found a dramatically increased risk of getting sick or rather transmission and then also getting sick. That's why they stopped showing this to you. So how do you argue this was us misunderstanding the information when you literally have peer-reviewed science coming out and saying the exact same thing? Are these scientists misunderstanding what's in front of them? They just love to to patronize people and say, you're just too dumb. Well, here's another part of this, guys, and this is the same point. And I've made these points many times. SARS-CoV-2-specific T-cells. So now we're talking different, just like back to their point here about, well, it's about the T-cell and and how we're training your body. Well, here's the interesting part about that. I truly believe that before all this started, for whatever we want to call this, whatever was actually happening, that we've shown many times the science was showing that people already had antibody production, already had T-cells before this ever started. A vast 90% of people, of adults, 90%, I'll show you the study next. So when they're telling you, we need to keep taking these injections to make sure these things are working. Well, if 90% of people had this before, what actually happened here? Well, I believe the injection is what removed this stuff, hurt these people's bodies, and now they're dependent on this thing to keep those things from coming or whatever they tell you is happening or keep them coming. I should say. So here's the point. July 14th, this is recent SARS-CoV-2 specific T cells in unexposed adults. You've heard this argument from me already display broad trafficking potential and cross react with commensal antigens. Well, the abstract is a little, we'll, we'll go right to the bot, the, the, the meat of it, but you can read this for yourself too. It says the same thing. This is why you always want to read these entirely because a lot of times you get much more definitive information and explains better in the discussion. You know, the abstract can be manipulated. I don't want to mean like, it doesn't have to be nefarious, but in a lot of times we see the the actual data doesn't really align with what they say they find. And that's, political today, in my opinion, but the discussion says T cells that recognize SARS-CoV-2 are found in unexposed individuals. T cells that recognize SARS-CoV-2 are found in unexposed individuals. Okay. Just first point. How, okay. So how does that make sense to anybody? If you're finding T-cells, which means that you've either already come across this or it's not what we're being told it is. It could be the common cold or anything else, right? That's to the point about this not really being what they're telling us it is, not being isolated, right? Because the common cold is a coronavirus. T-cells that recognize this are found in unexposed adults. But it says the experiments were performed using blood collected before 2020 to ensure the absence of prior SARS-CoV-2 exposure, or at the very least the the time they said it was around. Overall, over 60% of SARS-CoV-2 specific T-cells examined, acquired a memory phenotype in unexposed individuals. 60% of what they found were people that had never been exposed. This is a huge scandal. This is in and of itself a a small part of it. But this one thing should be huge. If there was a genuine corporate media out there, they would be going, look at that. That is challenging the entire narrative of where we are. It goes on to say the presence of a pre-existing pool of T cells that can recognize SARS-CoV-2 has generated a great deal of excitement for the possibility that they might provide superior responses to infections. Well, excitement in the scientists, but from the government's perspective, the media, this is terrifying. Because Im- Im- imagine what that's asked, or what that would point out. Why would we need to force everyone to take these injections that we hyped up and lied about and and, and profited from if they already have immunity? oops. And then the question becomes, why are these people struggling to keep that happening if they already had them, the majority? I think it's self-explanatory. It goes on to say, the hetero- the heterogeneity within the pre-existing repertoire is consistent with priming by various cross-reactive sources and may contribute to the diversity of responses after exposure. This point being that this is previous and continues to be Diverse in how it applies. Now, it says these findings highlight the breadth of T cell recognition and suggest that lifelong exposures to a diverse microbial environment, you know, not hiding from everything and using hand sanitizer every day all the time, could have profound impacts on the composition of the immune repertoire. So hiding from everything, like they want to pretend is the way to go is hurting everybody. The point is we need to have these long, different, diverse exposures to different things in the environment because this is how your body can, this is how your immune system is supposed to work. Pre-existing immune memory is typically studied in the context of exposure to related pathogens. So basically saying, well, if they have this, it's likely they already came in, in, they already crossed paths with COVID-19, right? So we study whether that has happened. What they're saying is our data provide the basis for considering a broader range of antigen experiences in the education of the baseline immune responses. So asking the question, was being, having a, the cold giving you immunity to this? Was having SARS from before giving you immunity to this? Or were there other factors that it just all combined to give you some form of immunity? Nobody wants to ask these questions because the vaccine is all that matters right now. This gets even more important. Or actually, no, the next one, the, the, this, that's the main point. But the next point is to bring this home is what I've continued to show you this entire time. I mean, how how important and sound is that? But these are the ones that I've shown you. And this is what should really solidify this. Is this has been done and been discussed from the very beginning. You've seen these if you watch my show. March 15th, 2021, guys. This is the, one of the most important ones. And I usually skim the title just because I, I went over this a long time ago. But I'm going to read this again to you in case you forgot what it says. The study, the headline: a majority, a majority. It's actually ninety percent, by the way, of uninfected adults. So adults in this country, let's just say eighteen and over, who have never come in contact with COVID nineteen, show, or rather, the you know the argument being, show pre-existing antibody reactivity, not T cell memory B, but antibody reactivity. it does involve T cell and antibody and memory B, but the point was antibodies. Listen to what this says, March 15th, 2021. And remember, in conjunction with this new one that just came out, pre-existing cross reactivity to SARS-CoV-2 occurs in the absence of prior viral exposure. How do you possibly not include that in the conversation when you're forcing injections on people if they already potentially have immunity? And then also ask yourself, is that dangerous? The answer is yes, it can be. As they've already shown, other other studies have found that if you have immunity and you take the injection, it can cause problems. But here's what it says, using a highly sensitive multiplex assay and positive negative thresholds established in infants in whom maternal antibodies have waned in in whom, excuse me, in in infants in whom maternal antibodies have waned. We determined that more than 90% of uninfected adults showed antibody reactivity against the spike protein. Now, that's interesting to think about, not just but the spike protein receptor binding domain and terminal domain or the nucleocapsid protein from SARS-CoV-2, multiple parts of it. How do you possibly explain that? We conclude that most adults, before they forced injections on everybody, display pre-existing antibody cross-reactivity against SARS-CoV2, which further supports investigation of how this may impact the clinical severity of COVID-19, meaning probably not as severe, or vaccine responses. This is absolutely criminal that this was not included in the conversation or natural immunity for that matter, which is the same point, but people that might have already gotten it post 2020. This is a criminal cover up, guys. There's no way the people screaming, trust the science, have never talked about this. And here's the other one. This one I almost find more important because this specifically ties to T cell immunity. July 15th, 2020. This is absolutely criminal. SARS-CoV-2 specific T-cell immunity unexpectedly found, that's not the title, but that's what happened in uninfected controls. So the quick summary of this is they did a study to find T-cell immunity in cases of COVID-19 and SARS. And then they had uninfected controls, which they usually do. You know, you have a control so you can compare the information. And guess what? They found T-cell immunity in people that have never had COVID-19. This was 2020. 2020. And yet nobody talked about this. Nobody cares about whether they even need the injection. If you haven't seen how clearly this was about the injection and the direction that drove us in, this should solidify that for you. My God. Now, again, for those that want to you know, not di- not discuss all of this because viruses don't exist, which is a fair discussion to have. Don't miss the point. Don't miss the forest for the trees. This is not necessarily arguing that's real but simply pointing out that they ignored the very science that they tell you to trust that challenged their original stance. This is crazy obvious. Now, while we're watching them continue to ignore the very science they tell you is supposed to guide their direction, let's make sure we finish this show by realizing the direction that they're taking based on that illusion. And this brings us into the World Economic Forum, excuse me, that too, the World Health Organization, the WHO, and the very, very alarming future of the pandemic treaty with teeth. Thanks again to Bernie's tweets. I'll show you her her information in a second. She's the one that I saw this from. Key outcomes of the second meeting of the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body, the INB. Remember that. This is going to be very important to the future unless we hopefully stop this. To draft and negotiate a WHO convention, agreement, or other international instrument on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. Here's what it says. Member states of the WHO agreed in this meeting that the new instrument that they're working on should be legally binding, meaning the WHO as an international unelected body can force other people to be legally bound by their choices, other countries, other people within those countries, and contain both legally binding and non-legally binding elements. Bottom line is, They've already agreed. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen for sure. Plenty of things can still happen, but they've just decided that they they are moving forward with the treaty with teeth, the legally binding WHO treaty, which can, they can use to force governments to do what they think or what they tell you they think is the right choice. Now, that, remember, this is we already went over the information they've shared. This is like, let's say the U.S. government stands up and says, Iran just had a breakout or an outbreak. Well, how would you know that? Well, it doesn't even matter. If they express enough concern, the WHO can stand up and say, well, Iran, you have to let us in because they said so. It doesn't have to be U.S. It could be anybody. It could be in reverse. It could be Iran thing about the U.S. Well, of course, they probably wouldn't listen to them. But the point is simply that this is not what we should ever think makes sense in the world of sovereignty. Now, that goes on to make a couple of different points in regard to this. But the real points here are what it actually says in the documentation. And this is pretty alarming. Intergovernmental negotiating body. This is showing you right now their meetings, which is which continue to tomorrow. Provisional agenda, draft program of work, working draft presented on the basis of progress achieved of this body, but then the most part at the bottom, background information related to the identification of the intergovernmental govern- negotiating body of the provision of the WHO constitution under which the instrument should be adopted. So they're literally drafting a WHO constitution, which is, you know, As much as you might think that's a good thing, realize that this is the beginning of a a world government that has the legal authority, according to them, to dictate what you do in your country. This is crazy. Now, here is the provisional agenda. Uh, It says opening the session, adopting the agenda of the program of work. Consideration of the working draft and the basis of progress achieved. I didn't realize nobody's voting for any of this, guys. Identification of the provision of the Constitution of the WHO under which the instrument should be adopted in line with paragraph one. Pro- proposals from member states of entities to be included. So I'm that I'm I'm, wanna, I'm interested in finding out what does that mean? Does that mean that they're only going to include certain people, but they're going to force everybody in the world to be bound by that? Uh, very interesting statement. Proposals from member states of the WHO of entities to be included in, in annex E of the, of document. And shows, shows this point, but interested to find out what that means. Here's the next part. And this is the overall draft, which I'll just include. There's a lot of information here, working draft presented, but I just want to read a couple of these here where it goes on to point these out, the preamble reaffirming the principle. This is, this is what I always point out. They, they, let's say they roll out a, a, an entire draft of everything that a challenge that attacks your rights everything that attacks your right to free speech and everything else, right? And they start the document by saying, we're reaffirming how much we care about free speech. And then they go on to dictate how they're going to remove your free speech. It means nothing when they do that, right? Just like this. Reaffirming the principle of sovereignty of states in international cooperation. And then they go on to list everything beneath it that talks about how that no longer matters. It's just childish. But recognizing that equity should remain as a principle, like even right there, what if that country doesn't care about that? Oh, how on unf- that's not allowed in the new woke world. Well, I'm not saying I. Th- the point being is that these are things that you don't get to dictate in other countries, how they roll out their vaccinations, how they do this. And you could argue that they're wrong in how they do it. But the idea that you're outlining that that's supposed to be something that the guy, I mean, th- this is the beginning of how they frame their equitable, sustainable future, which those words aren't bad inherently, but they're bad because they don't mean what they're saying. Emphasizing that in order to make health for all a reality, Again, you know, what if that country doesn't agree with these things? Individuals and communities to access high quality health services. There's a lot more alarming stuff in here. The necessity to work towards achieving strong and resilient health systems and universal health coverage. Recalling the international health regulations 2005 of the WHO and their importance in preventing, protecting against, controlling and providing a public health response to international spread of disease. This is where it gets into the alarming stuff. Things that they can dictate that your countries can do or can't do that the international, like, imagine, let's say you have a limited number of injections, but they force you to give some of them, like, I'm not even saying this in the context that I, you in my opinion, we should be running scared of anything they tell you that they're putting out injection-wise, vaccination or otherwise. But let's just say, hypothetically, the argument is you have something that you want to use a certain way, and they go, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to give it to them first, or them over there, or give half it to that country, because they have less. That's the reality of what they're building. Recognizing that the international spread of disease is a global threat with serious consequences to public health. That's exactly the kind of thing they do with terrorism and how they set the table for this. This is going to be more alarming. But it goes on and on and on, guys. It's it's incredible. Now, finally, the last part, I'm going to play some clips here for you. This is Bernie's tweets. Thank you again. Doing great work. Technology will be the driver of the Great Reset to write a new rule book from data to democracy itself. This is her actually telling us that we need to reevaluate the rule book for the new future. Oh, because COVID? No, because of just thing they've always been building long before COVID ever got here. But sure, they're gonna use that to push it forward. As she says, total state control wrapped up in fluffy words in the hope that you won't notice its implications for your freedom. This should alarm everybody, does me. And
0: change is happening just as fast in other areas. So since uh, the beginning of the pandemic, we saw an explosion in digital innovation and the use of tech. They enabled factories to stay open. They enabled companies to sell their products, people to access essential public services, you name it. We have to keep pace with this change. And that means that we will certainly have to write a new rule book for the digital economy and the digital society.
2: So covering everything. And who gets to dictate those rules? Who gets to vote? on these rules being dictated by the european union leader and and the W F E F and the who nobody's voting for these right so who gets to dictate the new digital rules for the new digital world and did we already decide that's what's going to happen is that what everybody wants none of it matters guys nobody anywhere in these countries are actually asking what their people want they're arguing that everybody wants this because equitable sustainable and those aren't even what they're going to do there's less Everything's less equitable, less sustainable in what they're actually building. That's the incredible part about this. From data
0: to infrastructure, but also talking about security and democracy, technology to fair taxation, all these are topics on the table with digital change. So ladies and gentlemen, the need for global cooperation and this acceleration of change will both be drivers of the Great Reset. And I see this as an unprecedented opportunity.
2: Oh, you mean the Great Reset that's a complete conspiracy theory if you listen to the corporate media? Right. You mean the things she literally just said out loud? Oh, Fake news! I mean, it's, it's, it, that's the kind of ridiculous situation we're in. This is why I think most people can see this and why they're so desperate to rush this out quickly because if we all just take a moment to realize that we all see through this, then it will stop. Or at the very least, we'll put it on pause until they find something else. But the reality is that they're pushing this in at every angle. Now, we have to remember things like the Bilderberg meetings or the Davos discussions where they get together and they have these conversations. Now, is it just coincidence that they step out of these meetings and suddenly they start rolling back different things, reducing carbon from farmers, slowing down air Like all these different actions that they, they are acting like are byproducts of what's going on. These are choices being made. And they're going, Putin did it. Well no, he didn't do that. You guys are actually like in other conversations arguing why we should take this action to reduce the carbon and then reduce the oil, reduce the gas. Except then we point out, why are we struggling? Oh, Putin did it over there. But you just argue that's what you would do. But it's not you though. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Like this is all massive illusion. They are ta- they're taking actions right now to implement what they claim is the right thing to do. Now whether they even think that's what the me- the point is or that's the cover, it really isn't it doesn't matter. They are rolling these things out right now in real time, right in front of you. And the minority that they pretend is the majority are shouting everybody down because you're a dumb conspiracy theorists, Just look at did about vaccine passports and injections and boosters and everything else that we're now living under. Time to stand up, guys, because this won't stop until we stop it. Here is the leader himself of the World Economic Forum. Again, Bernie's tweets. No citizen anywhere in the world voted for this organization with its dystopian visions of a future that decides yours without your input. Right? Who decided they know what's right? And if if they do quote know what's right, why don't I get to make a choice for my life? Because it's not about you. It's the collective good. And everything, in, historically speaking, the worst of the worst has been argued under the guise of the greater good for the most people. And the marginalized people fall by the wayside. The very people they're pretending they're fighting for. He says they were they were a joke, but now they are deadly serious and embedded in your government. Right. The point is a joke like they framed him like that. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. for even talking about these people until it's right on your doorstep.
1: With all the current issues on our agenda, we tend to forget that we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution.
2: We- now, remember, that's an important thing. That's, I keep trying to get people to see that. For years, he's been talking about this distant future of the fourth industrial revolution and wow, it's going to be implantables and changing your body with genetic editing and all the different things that we then talk about under COVID-19 and you get laughed at by the corporate media, right? But he's the one that's been telling you that's what would happen during that time frame. Now, hear him when he tells you that's where we are. So when he told you that we'd have implantables and nanotechnology and all the different things he talked about, right? The genetic editing, which they don't, they pretend isn't what's happening with these injections. Well, if he told you it was going to happen into the fourth industrial revolution and he's telling you that's where we are now, why is it so hard to believe that that's what they're doing to you? I mean, it's just, this this is basic stuff guys. This is child level. They are telling you, you just have to pay attention.
1: Which accelerates the fourth industrial revolution, which accelerates global change in much more comprehensive and faster ways than the previous three revolutions.
2: Now, again, on, on top of that, now, is it COVID-19 that changed everything? Or is it the fact that they rushed in the fourth industrial revolution, right? They love to give COVID the cover like they do for everything else. But he, this this is a plan they've had for a long time. You you could, you could, have to realize they either used it or made it happen. There's only two things that could happen here. This is something that's been pre-existing, pre-existed, or pre, what's the word there? That existed before COVID-19.
1: And you see the difference of this forced uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example.
2: Like this giddy face he has on him, like he's so excited about this stuff. They, I, I genuinely think these technocrats believe that they can make themselves immortal for the most part, right? The idea of transhumanism, and AI, and putting your mind inside of a machine, like this is the kind of future that they believe they're building. So these people genuinely have at least a concept of how they might be able to extend their lives using this technology.
1: It's you who are changed. And of course, this has a big impact on your identity.
2: Okay, so now they're going to tell you how that's going to happen, right? Let me know in the chat if you can still hear me. Apparently, perfect timing as the stream decides to struggle. Well, the next one we're going to get to is another point about the digital world, Right? she just told you, just told you that the digital future is we need to change the rule book for the digital future right well here's the digital future they're building around you right now the government has quietly announced plans for a contactless digital border obviously you you will require digital id and facial recognition at ports of entry that's not hypothetical it's a fact tracked monitored and controlled it was always coming they just didn't really want you to notice thank you again great tweet here's the actual this is on their page this is july this is t- yesterday this came out pretty patel Home secretary announces plans for contactless digital border. Now, how does that work? Well, you need a digital ID for that to work. Exactly. So what about the family members that don't have phones? Well, too bad. You're screwed. Now you have to get one. What if I can't afford it? We'll probably give you one in some cases. They'll make like they'll make it seem like, but the point is you're going to be driven into this. Like the guy we just saw in Canada that didn't have a phone. It doesn't matter. This, they're building the world around you. This is your technocratic digital panopticon because you will be monitored everywhere you go, but it says pilot of contactless digital border to launch in two years. Home Secretary Priti Patel has set out plans to begin the rollout of secure contactless border crossings as part of a wide ranging announcement on the future of UK border of the UK border. The home office is set to begin testing technologies that would allow some passengers to enter the UK and undergo automated border screening of course, the argument is, oh, it's going to be so much faster with like a TSA, right? It's going to be safer and faster and to be great. And No, it didn't turn out that way. It never really does. Sort of like the argument of GMO is, oh, we're going to save the world and then we hurt the world. This is going to be the opposite of what you think it will be. It all it tends to be automated border screening. Yeah, no way that can be abused without going through an e-gate or speaking to a border force officer, border force, helping to speed up legitimate journeys. the uk well that's an ominous statement right what do they consider legitimate well how about if you don't have your vaccine then you can't come in you're not legitimate what happens if you are I mean, any number of things that they could argue towards the future are not enough what if your social credit score is too low well sorry you can't get in this is really happening in the world so if you think this is crazy just take a look at china as they point at them and argue that's the future we should be having the passengers will uh, instead undergo pre-screening and be identified at the border instantaneously by this AI, probably using the latest technology. Exactly. Ensuring the security of the border and the UK public. Oh, is that what's happening? Or ensuring that you control the public and the border. The home office aims to begin the pilot testing at 2024. A distinct identity and voice for the border force within the home office. So they're going to designate an entire position for this. That's an alarming reality, guys. They're building you in. Now, at to see how this kind of uh, you know 2030 agenda push is actually happening in real time. And then as they pretend it's anybody else's fault, but their own choices to, I guess, capitulate to some agenda about lowering carbon or whatever they're doing. Like, even though nobody voted for this and even though it has dramatic impact on your life and they just blame Putin arbitrarily, they're doing this to you right now. Here's a point from Honolulu. High rises guzzle electricity. So a new law is aimed at changing that. Great. Do we get to choose? No, this is a, this is a controlled point to lower. I'll, I'll read it right here from their argument. Under the Better Buildings Benchmark Program, buildings larger than 100,000 square feet will need to track and report their consumption of energy, water and gas starting next year. You mean other than their bills that already track those things that you completely have access to? Right? I mean, what is that about? That's this is There's something weird with that. But it says the concept behind the law is simple, but the hope is that documenting energy use and carbon emissions will promote efforts. To reduce costs and find clean alternatives, so this is about training you to recognize that you're doing the wrong thing, and monitoring your carbon emissions, right? Because the you know the individuals we have to focus on, not the U.S. military or the massive, you know, merchants of death, or all the big companies that are just going to pay their fine and continue to pollute, right? The bill, is, the hope is, Bill 22 will also help the state reach the goal of zero emissions by 2045. Right. Did we vote on this kind of stuff? Is that actually what is that going to accomplish that or what they're going to do? In fact, I mean, everything about this is unelected technocrats driving the direction. I'm not even arguing. You may think that's the right thing to do. It still doesn't change the fact that it's supposed to be something that you have a say in. This is a greater good argument. If zero emissions is the goal, then that's going to affect your life. And it is right now. And they won't admit that. Today, we're talking about electricity and carbon emissions from electricity. Right. Didn't they just vote that gas and oil and nuclear technology and weapons are considered green? So what are we talking about? Like, in case you didn't see that, let me see if I can even bring that up real quick before I wrap this. Yep, there it is. Look at that. This is the older version of it, but there's a new one where they just voted on. Here, This all include just this. Here's where they brought up the idea and said, should we do that as the weapons manufacturers are petitioning them? And they just ruled to do this weapons group points to Ukraine bid to shape the ESG rulebook, As it says, ESG, meaning environmental, social, and governance investing rules. They are actually discussing the idea that, where is it? That weapons, right? Oh, because Russia, shocking, right? That weapons should be listed as something that's environmental or sustainable. Well, guess what? They went further. Not just weapons, but nuclear technology, oil and gas. That just happened. I did a whole show on it. So this is all about you and controlling your life under the illusion that we're doing the right thing. But in the future, we need to start talking about all the sources of carbon emissions, right? All of them, except the government and things we, that we exclude for our own benefit. And that's another effort that we have. Buildings can have a huge part in that as well. Well, don't forget this one. We already played this we're a while Developing. Ago through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Hmm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Continuing to get the point about the the technocratic control structure we're falling into right now. Where my point was, in case you missed it during the robot breakout, which is how my voice sounded, is that this is where it is going, where you're going to find ourselves in a technocratic co- corner, painted into a corner here, where we can't do anything, where they just turn the switch and you don't get connection, the internet gets shut down. And based on what they've decided is so-called misinformation, as we watch them censor things that are not even close to that. This is the world they're building. Now, at this point... I'm just uh, let's see where we are. It looks like I well you know I'll I'll go over it really quickly. Here is the la- last few points I'm going to make. This Emirates airline, just to make it clear what it is, it's an airline here that tied to the UAE. Put out a statement that calls out one of the arbitrary things that are happening, as it says their value. But, I mean I, I guess I won't read the whole thing. The bottom line is, guys, they're discussing how the the UK is lowering the amount of people that can fly in. Despite them lying about how they're at 75% capacity. And then, for the third point, why is that? Well, that is because they have attacked things like firing people for vaccination status. You know, all the different things that have been happening. They created their own problem, which they're then pointing at as why we need to reimagine everything, right? I mean, this is very tra- plainly obvious. But the Emirates pointed out, they said, this is ridiculous. We can't do this. It's not uh, arguably bottom line is this is an arbitrary action to reduce the use of airliners, it would seem. Now, whether or not that's because of some other reason or it's just another action being taken independently of you and your choices and what you voted for to lower carbon emissions at your expense while blaming anything else, sort of like shortage of people or food supply or anything else they're using. So you can read through it for yourself it goes on to make these points, but then it seems that they've been followed up and kind of come to an agreement just so we can see the conclusion as well. But even people within this are calling this out, going, this doesn't make sense. All of this seems to be at the expense of you, to the effort to reduce carbon emissions for some arbitrary 2030 goal when that isn't even soundly what we should be doing. There are plenty of high level experts that challenge the very idea of what climate change is or the idea that we need to even reduce carbon emissions. And I'm not even telling you my opinion here. I'm just saying that there's dispute on what the right direction should be. Sort of like with 5G, where there's plenty of evidence going, that's dangerous, it's wrong. What you think is happening is gonna be the opposite. It's gonna hurt people. No studies being done and we're just rushing it out right now. In fact, I'm going to talk about probably tomorrow, the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act, which I haven't talked about yet, which discuss 5G and the rapid implementation, right? It's just, it, this is the kind of thing we're talking about. This is being rushed out under a quick guise of emergency or necessity. And the reality is we won't find out how poorly this helps you, or in fact, how much it hurts you until it's too late, unless we do something. And a lot of the people out there that are being either by design removed or removed for obvious reasons continue to be tied back to the World Economic Forum. The only two people that are going to be potentially the the prime minister of UK right now are both tied to the World Economic Forum. Here's another point. This Renil, however you pronounce the last name, is the new president of Sri Lanka, right? The last guy stepped down saying that because the people wanted me to, I will step down. Well, now it says meet the new boss, same as the old boss. King is dead, long live the king. Here's what he says. W-E-F- has posted an article I wrote ahead of the 27th World Economic Forum, outlining what we have delivered in government to boost our economy and support people and our plans to make Sri Lanka a rich country by 2025. Just Bottom line is, he is connected to the World Economic Forum. What a shock. Well, here's another point. Sri Lanka braced for more unrest as the new president that we just discussed vows crackdowns on fascist protests. Well, that seems a little too on the nose, right? Quote, if you try to topple the government, Occupy the president's office and the prime minister's office. That is not democracy. It's against the law. Well, you could you could disagree or agree with that. But the point is, this seems weirdly tapped into the January 6th focus and everything else that ties into a larger agenda. That people standing up for their rights while they're being taken away are fascist, white supremacist, terrorist, whatever they want to call them. And he's that guy. Right there. World Economic Forum. You can't miss this. And by the way, the, the Italy's prime minister just resigned out of nowhere. President to dissolve the par- what pa- Dissolve the parliament? What is going on? The entire UK cabinet just steps down. These people are switching out. People are, I mean, this, what we're watching right now is crazy and unprecedented. And they're acting like this is just another day while pointing at anything else they want to point at or or reframing it as some sort of right direction. This is crazy. Are we watching people get removed? We watching some kind of massive transition bottom line is guys that everything we don't get the picture, the media, the government, they are doing everything in their power to hide information from you everywhere. But the, the main point is that, you know, this, you know, where we are right now. That's just, this is just the last point. Here's where I'm ending right here. You know, where we are, we can all see what's really going on, how they're hiding stuff. the stuff. The point again is we need to stand together. Crossing party lines, standing up and letting people see that we are not being represented. And hopefully other countries' peoples can do the same. It's going to become very difficult to frame this as some kind of fascist revolution pushback from a small fringe group when most of the world is collectively standing up and using free speech platforms to make it clear. It's time to stand up, guys. Now is the time because we are this close. Now, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic or fear-mongering. It's just the reality of where we are. Now, I can't know for sure what the next step will be or that it will end up what, in the direction that I think it will. But I do know that they're not asking your opinion. I do know that they're making choices based on what they've decided is what's right for you, not what you've decided what's right for you. That should be enough. Plus all the evidence of all the damage they're doing by what they're forcing on people. But, you know, fake news conspiracy theory. Thank you, as always, for being here, guys, because we will not stop. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay
1: vigilant. What the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital and our biological identities. The difference of this fourth industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example. It's you who are changed and of course this has a big impact on your identity. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. Um, The the, uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces.